to the man who brought us all together, our former boss, Tony Stark. The Jester King, literally wrapped in wealth and technology that he was unfit to wield. He renamed my life's work, Barf. I told him it was a mistake, that my technology could change the world. And then, he fired me. Said I was unstable. To Tony! Listeners, assemble! Hello! And welcome to Cinematic Sagas! Saga of the Stones, the final edition. Yes, the final review and reaction to a movie. We have one more in the series we'll do, but there this is? is it. Well, no more movies, but we'll do a final like wrap-up episode. Oh, okay. I'm like, but this was supposed to be the last movie. I was so confused, which doesn't take much these days, but still. So let's get your first reactions, and then we'll start talking about pieces of it. What was this movie called? Far From Home. Far From Home. Um. Okay, first, I didn't hate it. And I probably really liked some of it. I, I come off, I don't know. I was engaged, so it must have been a pretty good movie for me. Yeah, my guess is 90% of the movie you really liked. It's just when it got real intense at the end, you're like, yeah, that's too much. And, and I, yeah, the ending kind of throws me a bit too. And and But, oh yeah, and you know, with all the drones flying all over and him jumping all over, you know that's hard for me to watch. My brain does not like all of that movement. At one time like that. And so that was, but yeah, as far as the movie goes, I think I really, really enjoyed the storyline of the movie. I, yeah, I, I would definitely. And the character. Guess that you liked it because normally there's some back and forth as we go, as you either ask questions or you comment on things, but it was pretty quiet most of the way through. I didn't ask many questions, really. The first time we saw Mysterio. I asked you if that was Doctor Strange dressed up weird because I was, uh, I didn't know that person. Right. And he was, you know, had a, had electricity looking stuff coming out of his hands too. So I uh, was confused if I was supposed to understand, which I wasn't and didn't. Well, and, and that's part of, he is part of the reason I didn't want to watch the trailer after Endgame. Because I didn't want to give you too much time to think about things. And I remembered some of the trailers. I, I didn't know if they have something in there that would get you like thinking he's a bad guy. So uh, I wanted you to have a fresh take on it. because Which is good. Because I, until Peter gave him Edith. Yep. And you know the movie's not, <laughs> you know the movie's and the only movie like And the movie wasn't over. over. <laughs> but still, when Peter, I mean, he didn't have to be a bad guy. Something else could have happened. But when Peter gave him the glasses. Your your first reaction was, was uh oh, <laughs> is, and is I he think a bad guy? I said, oh, he, yeah. I said, oh please don't let him be a bad guy because I was feeling bad. Oh for, yeah, it was right away. <laughs> bad for Peter if he's a bad. I mean, because clearly you see what happens when he's a bad guy. That does not turn out well for Peter. And I felt yeah. so. I mean, because he was a ju- he's just a kid and he's trying to do the right thing, and he thinks he's doing the right thing, and bless his heart, he wasn't. No, no. And so, you know, I just, <laughs> you feel for, I'm a mom. And so I'm like, oh, you're doing something really stupid and I can't help you. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they, I, 
I Mysterio is an iconic Spider-Man villain who deals in illusions. His his normal story is that he's a special effects guy who then creates amazing special effects, and that's his whole shtick. What you see here is essentially what he normally does, only without drones. So I went into this thinking, you know, they're really trying to sell me on him being a good guy, and they that would be an interesting story, but I'm almost positive they're going to let him be a bad guy still, even though they really did a good job selling the other stuff. Because oh, they certainly did. Because I even liked him when he told Peter, don't apologize for being the smartest guy in the room. You know, it was like, hey, Oh, but when thanks. you think back on it, though. Thanks. Thanks for, you know, my brain's going, that's nice of you to try to build up the kid. You know, make him feel good. And then I realize that... He's talking about himself. Yeah. <laughs> and before then, we actually saw, you remember the scriptwriter guy who took who drove the bus? Mm-hmm. It was either him or one of the other tall, lanky dudes. But before we ever saw Mysterio... That guy was watching Peter. When him and MJ go on that bridge and she's telling him about Bo, he is right there before they go on the bridge. Yeah. He is right there. And I'm like, ah, it's so awesome. Because they they did so much legwork into making it viable that this is the way it played out. That's crazy. Yeah. The yeah. whole idea of what Mysterio and his band of merry men there and women created <laughs> just seems unreal you oh know, definitely and the scary thing is it's somebody's probably trying to do something like that somewhere oh, and, yeah i mean i get all of these are outlandish and not necessarily something you'd think you'd see in daily life but when you think about what you see versus what is real that's a little bit scary mm. well and it also helps that in endgame they went through all these branching timelines and said, when you when you make gross changes, it branches off, creates its own thing. So they come in with this bad guy, who we don't know is a bad guy, saying, I'm from another Earth. Right. Like, it's totally viable at that point. Sure. Because we that's possible. They, well, they created other timelines, possibly. Sure. And, I mean, come on, we watched the Spider-Verse, too. And they had different yeah different uh, realms or whatever. And 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 they went real detailed on some of this. I, I I listened to a couple podcasts, and one of them they get real irritated anytime these comics hints or uh, what do they call it? comic fan service goes in there, and things like so like the the guy when they're talking about the the water guy in the, in the hotel, they say, oh yeah, there was this guy named Morris Bench who had an accident and got infused with water powers. If you're a comic fan. That's a huge thing. You're like, oh my gosh, maybe Mysterio is a good guy because Morris Bench is the Hydro Man in the Spider-Man comics. Oh well, see, that was irrelevant to me. I had no, right. I, you know, meant nothing. If you have no, if you have no connection to the comics, you're not really automatically suspicious of Mysterio. If you are, you're suspicious of him. But then they throw that in there, and you're like, wait a minute, maybe they are twisting things just a little bit. So they like, did not twist them. They did not. They use. No, 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 no. It was, it was all. It was full on evil. And it was, it was good evil too. He was evil right to the moment he died. Oh, man. And after, clearly. Well, that had to be the guy who downloaded that stuff right before he shut his laptop there at the end. Right. Well, and and here's the question. Do you really think he's dead? Well, he looked dead, but that doesn't mean anything, does it? He looked really dead there. Well, and, and his, 
his last words were people will believe anything. So we're, we're obviously supposed to doubt it. But Peter doesn't ask if he's alive. He asks, or, or Edith, I guess, only says all illusions are down. And that could either mean that he is dead, or it could mean that everything that she is aware of is down. But it doesn't mean... There's not another thing sitting there. Yeah, they had something else going. He didn't ask her if he was dead. Right. Well, and so like it's not. It's still the door is left open, and he said he has contingencies upon contingencies. Why would he need all that if he's not going to be around anymore? If there's nothing else for him, because without him, there's no reason for the other people to do anything, right? True. Unless there's going to be another mysterious. They've outed Peter. Which means you're gonna uh-huh. and eventually there's gonna be another Spider-Man that you're gonna make me watch. Hopefully. And you know who it's probably gonna be? No. Miles Morales, who they've already seated in this universe. Oh, yeah. Remember? Because yeah, Aaron like Davis. Well, Aaron Davis was in Homecoming. Yeah. He was the the guy who was trying to buy weapons. Right. So they have the door open for other ones, but they could also run with the idea that, oh, this is a fake, because now they've also got the the scroll on earth which how'd you feel about that reveal that nick fury wasn't even nick fury okay that was just all weird that whole last thing confused the heck out of me that little blurb um it was, <laughs> okay the first little thing at the end whatever those called uh outtake uh no they're not but whatever end credit scene thank you end credit scenes those last things the first one cute until you get to the I mean, you know, the date of flying with Spider-Man and, you know, thinking you're going to die. That's fun. Um, it was cute. And then the whole weird reveal thing. The original J. Jonah. But I'm telling you that second one, I I really didn't, I didn't get it. I don't, I mean, I got it because obviously, you know, Fury wasn't Fury. But what the heck was Fury doing? Sunning himself in some fake sun place. I don't understand what's going on. And who did those, whoever you said they were, people call, who were they telling themselves on? I don't know anything. I don't know what's going on. Okay, so they were calling Fury and telling him he needs to come back because they only have so much information to work with. And so they kind of were tapping just the resources they had available. But they recognized that in a long-term deception... It's going to be difficult to pull off impersonating Fury, you know, because they don't have his memories. True. All right. So so they're calling him saying, hey, things are kind of out of control and I can't tell people, you know, why I didn't call the Avengers in because I I can't call them in. I don't know how to call them in. You need to come back. Things are getting out of control here. We don't know what Fury's doing. Okay, good, because I was confused. But like once they reveal that Fury isn't Fury... Suddenly, the fact that Beck pulled this over on him kind of makes a little more sense, right? Yes. Because I remember thinking, how in the world did Beck get this by Fury? I don't care how careful he was, how thorough he was. Fury is the pinnacle of paranoia. He would not have just taken someone at their word. And Beck being someone who worked for Stark, like, you'd check up on that, you know? Yeah. So I went through this movie initially the first time thinking, this is a huge plot hole. And then boom, here's the end credit scene. Oh, no, it's not. They just have no, they're, they're different than Fury. Mm-hmm. I, I, oh. Yeah. And watching it this time, I'd never watched it. I'd never noticed this before. But the first time we see Fury, he we see him in a reflection. 
because Peter goes into his room, turns and looks at the mirror, and there's Fury oh, in the yes. mirror. That was that's the first time we see him, which the first time we see him is a clue. Oh wait, it's not actually Fury. And when Happy calls, his mm-hmm. coded phrase right. is surfboard with Fury's name on it. Right. And the first time we saw Talos in Captain Marvel, he turned into a surfer. Oh. So oh, maybe God. Happy oh, knows. Too too much for me. Oh <laughs> uh, no. That's too much. And Captain Marvel was way too long ago because we've been doing this for a long time and that was movie number two. One. Yes. Two. 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 Uh yeah, two, two. Captain America, then Captain Marvel. Yep. But I mean, it's like they just keep layering these pieces in. That's it's just it's what I love about the MCU is that it continuously builds and grows and organically kind of has all this going on. And I'm going to silence your track here so no one will know you're making your fake snore noises. <laughs> oh, that got big lines on my screen. <laughs> and I might have hurt my sinuses. <laughs> yeah, that's what you get. Oh. Well, why don't you talk about something? Well, well... I would like to talk about Peter's plan and how sweet and how normal that was. Oh, the MJ plan. Okay. His MJ plan. His MJ plan. And I'm just going to go on record saying that is the super normal moment for me of this movie (laughs) is when he was trying as a 16 year old boy to come up with a plan to tell the girls he liked her. And it was some big steps in a plan. And his friend was basically telling him he was a moron. Number 13. Scratch that whole plan. And I just, you know, that felt like they really portrayed an awkward, uh, scared teenage boy. Yeah. It was cute. Yeah. They, they really nail, they really nail both the idea of being a superhero and being just an awkward kid so well. With minimal life experience. Yeah. And Oh, yeah. And he is very aware of his lack of that. Mm-hmm. I, the progression of this movie, his progression as a person, as a self-aware person and character and human and superhero and all, I loved it in this movie. Because he seemed to find himself and you could watch it happen and Happy actually was helpful in this one. And Yeah, finally. Yeah, I really it's about <laughs> time. Um but it was you felt like you were watching him grow and come into himself. Mm-hmm. It it was cool to me. Well and it's it's really cool when you compare this to Homecoming. Because in Homecoming, he came off of the Civil War movie thinking he was going to be an Avenger, going to tackle worldwide threats. He was raring to go. And Tony's like, just keep it local, dude. Stay low. Don't You don't need to get involved in all that. It's, it's dangerous. Grow into it. And over the course of that movie, he still wanted the big things, but he realized he had, he had to grow still. Right. Then a world-breaking event comes to him, and he knows he has to do something. So he throws himself into it, Infinity War and Endgame, he is on the biggest stakes ever, and he ceases to exist, and then Literally. comes back and watches his mentor die. Like, oh, he, yeah. he ceases to exist, then he's alive, then he watches his mentor die. Like, that's that's less than five hours right there. <laughs> yeah. For him. And so, 
at the start of this movie, he's like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a local dude, okay? I'm just here. He's thinking very small picture focusing, and you can see that timidity in him that mm-hmm. we hadn't seen up till now. Yes. So, like, it gets a, I, I laugh when, when Nick Fury goes, bitch, you've been to space. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, my god. Yeah, but that's why he's freaking out. <laughs> but it wasn't on purpose. Right. I didn't mean to go. It's an accident. And so, like, throughout this movie, it's not like the first movie where where he overestimates himself. He's underestimating himself. He's he's doubting himself, which is Absolutely. why his spider sense is on the fritz, essentially. I'm sorry, you mean his Peter Tingle? Oh, God. Oh, my I gosh. Re- the first time Aunt May said that, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then Happy said it, too. Yeah. And then he said oh. it at the end. <laughs> but oh my gosh. Um oh They've grown else. Spider-Man into such a good full character who isn't perfect, who has a lot of places still to go, but he'll be so much more self-assured going forward. Yeah, you know what um got me to talking about his progression and such on the plane with Happy when he was Back there making his suit and, you know, flipping through the, the screens, the op- the options, you know, scrolling through yep. the options, whatever. And Harry just stood there and looked at him. I know, you know, mm-hmm. it was like he saw Stark in him. I mean, that's, I'm oh. sure that's what I was supposed to be made to feel because here I am talking like these are real people. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, that's what I saw. I thought. He's he's well, just yeah. like Tony, a kid in a candy shop with all that stuff, just like Tony was. Well, and, and yeah, they were they were a little heavy handed with it because he he makes a he pulls a design of a web shooter out and puts his hand in it just like Tony did in the first Iron Man movie. Mm-hmm. But it's still a good scene because it I shows it. that mentorship and how similar they are, but still how different they are. Yes. And that, I love, I love Happy's whole thing on. He's like, you're not going to be Iron, you're not going to be the next Iron Man. You can't live up to it. Tony couldn't live up to it. Like me too. That was so. That was a great line. And spoiler alert: that's my super normal moment. And so odd for Happy. Yeah. To be, I don't know, nice to Peter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not to just blow him off. This is where I think. They have really taken advantage of the blip, which we'll come back to that stupid name. Really? They've really they've really taken advantage of the fact that some people had five years and some people just kind of continued on after five years. Like they right. came back and continued on. Happy had five years and then he lost his best friend. And now he's sort of like a surrogate father figure to his best friend's daughter while he's also helping out Pepper and trying to be there for for Peter like and he's having a healthy relationship with Aunt May like maybe he has grown so much yes <laughs> and it's great that they are playing on that cuz they could have just let him be the continued dumb sidekick type character and I'm glad yeah. they didn't do that I'm glad they didn't too because I uh, strangely he was an integral part of this movie yeah integral integral yeah i may have said it my brain's not sure if i said that word correctly or not whatever but um he really was and he really he added so much Mm -hmm. 
And he didn't even have much screen time, really. No, but, you know, when I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, going back over the movie in my head, like, what what did I find interesting or or not interesting enough to talk about, whatever, mm-hmm. Happy keeps coming up. When he had the kids in the vault. Yep. And, I mean, <laughs> get on the plane, get on the plane. No, scratch that. <laughs> well, and, and like they never, they never change his character. They just let the character grow. So like he never loses that kind of lackey feel to him. No, but he's an adult among a bunch of kids, so naturally he's going to be listened to more than most people would. But even they fight him at first. Get on the plane, and they're not moving at all. Then the plane blows up, and he can get them what? to move away from that. What you work with, <laughs> Spider Man? <laughs> You work for Spider-Man? No, I work with Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Spider-Man yeah, follows they... me. That kid was funny. That's Flash. Oh, wasn't Flash. It? Yes, that's Flash. And I don't know if you noticed or not, but a couple times when we saw things from his phone or we saw him in a passing shot where he's calling someone. Right. Or even at the end talking to the butler dude. For some reason, he hasn't seen his parents in a long time. When... Peter first gets the glasses, uh-huh. and he's looking around. Uh, a text pops up from that Flash is sending, and it says, Mother, where are you? And there's some more after that. I didn't get it all down. I had it at one point. But he he's texting them like, hey, uh, what the heck's going on? Where are you? And then they're not there to meet him. Yeah. So they're setting him up for something. For something. And spoiler alert, in the comics at some point, Flash Thompson, who that character is supposed to be, becomes... Or gets a hold of the Venom suit, that black suit that Spider-Man yeah. wore back in the yeah. Maguire days. So I think they're trying to set him up to potentially go that direction, which would be interesting. Would be interesting. But he cracks me up. It oh, it makes me laugh because he's he's uh, talking about how awesome Spider-Man has, how cool Spider-Man is, loves Spider-Man this, loves Spider-Man that. Turn around and cut Peter down. Yeah. I'm like, hey, dickhead. <laughs> Like really, uh huh. Well, and and I love I love Tom Holland's just physicality with that because you know, Flash is praising Spider Man and oh he's so amazing and so awesome and he stands there real tall, arms folded and as soon as he says oh hey dickhead Parker and he just deflates. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so great. Funny. Ned though, Ned is the best wingman to Spider Man you will ever get. Like he's I love immediately Ned. I always love... on board with everything. Uh, well, yeah, Ned Ned might be a little impulsive, but yeah. I love. I mean, he has cracked me up from the first time we saw him. <laughs> he just makes me laugh. He is a nut. <laughs> he had a nice three day relationship, four day relationship, however long they were really gone. Not sure. Yeah, the timeline's hard to get. But uh, they were, uh, he had a good relationship, and you know, sometimes people just grow apart. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, and, and even that, that's a very high school thing, where you, you are super intense with someone, and then it ends, and you're like, eh, I mean, it was never really that. But, you know, you usually aren't that friendly with them afterwards. Not like that. Yeah, I mean, it depends. I've, uh, I've been know. friendly, like. I've been friendly with people like that after a breakup. Not often, but... Yeah. But, like, even after MJ's in the closed-door room and he's putting on the suit, Ned walks in and he goes, Oh, that's a nice 
costume, Peter. Yes, he is. <laughs> still trying to help him cover. He, you couldn't ask for a better wingman. But then when they yeah. were arguing over, arguing over knowing about it, one up oh, yeah. each other. Well, clearly, <laughs> I've known since the beginning, so I've known longer. Not that it's a competition, but I knew first. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's some natural jealousy. And she's like, no, he didn't have to tell me. I figured it out. <laughs> so, so also, funny. she's like, you're Spider-Man. And then he tells her, and he, she goes, oh, I was only like 80% sure. <laughs> so funny. Uh, it was 67%. Oh, it was 67? Yes, because I thought that was so funny. She picked a really random number. Well, they scripted a really random number, but still. Well, yeah. 67%. <laughs> uh, what? Really? You are? You're not joking with me? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes, it, very well done. Very, very well done. And they subverted the whole, you know, I like you thing early on yes. by doing that instead. And then you make you doubt, oh, did she, does she like him? Or was she really just watching him for the Spider-Man thing? What's going on here? And then I didn't make the me reveal. wonder. I, I've been a teenage girl. I didn't wonder at all. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that was the theme basically of this movie right. is kind of, you know, subversion and redirection and faking things. I enjoyed their progression also. It wasn't too schmoozy or anything. It was just, it seemed natural. It seemed like it would, was reasonable. They, nothing was forced. They just kind of got there. Mm -hmm. Better than yeah. some of the other, you know. Other and they, they laid the groundwork of, of a, of a subtle interest in homecoming and then but you know there was the there was liz who was kind of eating all the time at first but even then there was still kind of a mutual noticing of each other in that movie yes and then this movie like you can tell they've spent the whole year together because this is at least a year after endgame because they talk about how this is the end of the school year right and they had to start the school year all the way over so it's at least a school year after endgame right and so they make you believe that they've put some time in and that it, this has grown, or at least he thinks it's grown more than we've seen. And when you do something well, you don't have to show every step of the way. And they made they made it believable. They did, in fact. Yeah, you know, so I really do think I enjoyed this movie quite a lot. Yeah, you just you just don't like when things get too complicated or too CGI. They did a nice job with it, but holy cow, that was just... No, uh, yeah. It was overwhelming. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know the end was to leave you a little bit confused, but I hate being confused. <laughs> <laughs> but all in all, I really, uh, I sat here and watched it quietly. Yeah. So yeah. it kept me interested. Aunt May was pretty funny, too, in this one. Don't forget your suit. Oh, when she whacked him in the side of the face with a banana, that's pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and, and again, that's one of those things they did to show you that his... Peter Tingle wasn't working. On and off. It's it's very inconsistent. That's when we learned about the Peter Tingle. But uh, don't forget to pack your suit. And she packed his suit. And oh my gosh, when they opened it at customs. Yeah. <laughs> and all they wanted was the banana that had whacked him in the head. That's another thing that I think is a is a fun subversion Normally, you get something like that and you think, oh, no, his secret's out. But they've already shown that people have action figures. There are ice creams being named after these heroes. Well, these yeah. people are a big deal. 
You see people wearing costumes, yeah. Seeing a costume really wouldn't be a big deal. <laughs> and it wasn't the so big just... bulky one that, you know, was in the... Yeah, the one that's in some sort of yeah. state the of being broken type down. biometric type of one, yeah. <laughs> and you and I both pointed out how quickly he took off his head covering all the time. It's like, yeah. come on, dude. You're a well, you're a superhero with a secret identity. Leave it on a little bit till you clear the room. But you know, he even took off the Mardi Gras mask. Well, it yeah. looked like a Mardi Gras mask to me, you know what I mean? Wherever they were, whatever right. was going on, carnival or something. The masquerade mask. But he took that off and that shouldn't have been that hot. It wasn't like a whole ski mask covering your head. But he yanked that thing off pretty quick. Yeah, it'd be one thing if, like, it had gotten knocked off, but he literally took it off while he had been knocked back. Like, dude, come on. And it wasn't like, take it off, rub my eyes, put it right back on. It was take it off, breathe heavy for a little bit, look around. Oh, okay, now we're going to cut away and and come back with it on. Come on, dude. So bizarre. Protect your identity. I, I would understand ripping off that black one that looked like a sweater on your head. Yes. Because that looked like a knitted sweater. I'm thinking, you know, cable knit hat that covers your whole face. Yep. Um, I yep. they probably got a little warm in there. Oh yeah, definitely. But yeah, I did. That's why he had to take off his clothes. <laughs> oh my gosh! When he accidentally ordered the drone strike on on Brad <laughs> using Edith, which means even dead, I'm the hero, which is such a stark thing to do. <laughs> It was. It was amazing. I loved it. <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. And I must say, I loved it when he named the thing Barf, too. That was pretty funny. Well, yeah, and that's from uh, Civil War. Yeah. That scene, minus minus uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. is directly from Civil War. Yep. Which is great. I couldn't have told you which movie it was from, but I knew it was from one of the ones I'd watched that I'd seen it before. So that's a, you know... Plus, anyway. Well, and and so many times people get frustrated when they're like, oh, everything's got to be connected back to something earlier, right? And I'm like, that's that's the cool thing about this movie universe. Without that bit of it, there's no reason to have a connected universe unless people are going to arise naturally out of things. And when you have something like Stark, who's created such a massive leap in technology, there are people who've worked on that with him or under him. That, that would have access to bits of it. So it would make sense that they would be a part of things. <laughs> I loved all the connections to Stark in this movie because the uh, whole point here was not that Spider-Man is stepping into Stark's shoes, but that he's going to blaze his own path. So, so connecting everything to Stark is literally a way of, story-wise, making a clean break and letting him be his own hero going forward. Yeah. If they don't respect that and they retread some of this Tony Stark ground in whatever next movie they do with Spider-Man, I'll be a little disappointed because this is a perfect way to divorce yourself from that and go on. But it it all makes perfect sense. Now the one the one little sad thing I will say I did I didn't like in this movie. I, I like how they pulled it off, but it's it's sad because they just retread ground. In Iron Man 3, we kind of had this group sourced supervillain in the mandarin right 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 yeah yeah the actor guy that was funny so so they do that again here with quentin beck i think they do a better job of it here 
because it's almost like they're constantly putting on a TV production, which is cool. But it, it's sad that they they couldn't find a unique way to do this idea. However, Quentin Beck was at least the front man for this, whereas the Mandarin was a drunk guy laying in a bed with prostitutes. Right, right. Instead of having a figurehead out front, you you actually have the person in front, the, the megalomaniacal yes. <laughs> supervillain who just, instead of being actively out there, is using illusion tech, which is, it's a cool way of doing it. And I like seeing them practice it and script it. It's it's cool that they, they have these things going that way. And they even show the quick improvs, how they have someone there actively manipulating things. Like, it's all well done, even to the point where they have a script writer close by for Isn't when... Isn't that crazy? Oh, man. It's, it's so well thought out. Here's what you should out. say. No, think yeah. of something better. Yeah. I, I need something to say. Quick, quick, quick. <laughs> and the cut between him reading it to him and him saying it and putting a different inflection. To, oh, it's good. Good stuff. But, but isn't yes. the, uh, holy cow, you can't even think of what to say? He is not the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, I, I think it's more like he's moving a lot of different things. He's kind of like, he makes me think a little bit of Star-Lord in that he's yeah. not super genius. He, he has his wheelhouse, which is the tech that he put on the drones and kind of this big vision of how it should all go. But he knows where he's weak, so he finds other people to fill those right. gaps. Right. Whereas Star-Lord does not know where he's weak. Right. Because he doesn't believe he is. Um. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and he he was, it was super, it was just a, a super smart move on his part to mirror the heroic sacrifice that Peter had already experienced from Tony with that fire elemental dude. Yeah. Yeah. To be like, oh, whatever happens, you know. I'm going to save your world. And then like barely quote unquote survive. Like once you have the reveal that he's a bad guy, it's like, oh my gosh, that's so evil. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It absolutely is because he really, he sucked Peter in. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, I believed it. I bought into it. But once you realize, you realize that he played on Peter's emotions. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it it was all very deliberate. Like, that moment where you... You know, that moment? That moment where he almost died? <laughs> that's the dick of the movie. That's my dick moment right there. <laughs> I was going to say the dick moment... My dick moment was going to go to when he goads Peter into trying the glasses on and then says, can I be honest? They look terrible. Yeah. <laughs> because he he literally... Well, and, and one of his people picks them up from the ground and hands them to him. And he's like, holy crap, dude, you got to be more careful with that. Oh, why don't you right. try him on? Ooh, you look terrible. Like it's all engineered. And it's absolutely, so, it's so bad, but so good. Yes. And then no, no, I don't want to put them on. No, no. <laughs> I was, I, I was 90% sure Mysterio was going to end up being a bad guy in this movie, but where I knew it for sure was the moment we were in the bar and they were both in their outfits and Peter had his mask off. That's where I knew it for sure. Like I was almost positive even before then, but in the bar, in your outfit, just out in front of everyone, he's clearly lulled you into a false sense of security. This is not something anyone who knows you're trying to protect your identity 
would ever allow you to do. It was right. I knew it at that point. Yeah, I was confused by that. Why? But uh, yeah, I was. I was definitely confused by why he would have his face off in there. <laughs> and here's here's a here's an issue, a minor issue I have with the the movie. Peter says, "I want to transfer control of the glasses." Those are the words. I want to transfer right. control to Quentin Beck. Yes. Now, first problem: uh, How come someone that has a known antagonism towards Tony Stark isn't programmed to be rejected by this super smart AI. Amen. But two, and more importantly, he transfers control. And yet when he gets the glasses back later, he just puts them on and, and she accepts him. She again. says, yeah, she says, welcome, welcome back. back. Peter. Yeah. I was, I was expecting the glasses to reject him when he put him back on. I was expecting him to have to either hack into it or have to finish destroying all the drones and take that completely off the table. Because he transferred ownership, and Beck is never going to give that back. Never. Right. But he just gets it back. Like, if he said, I want to add an authorized user, <laughs> like, that would make know. sense. Because then he'd just get him back and say, cancel. <laughs> I'm the primary user. Cancel all that crap. But he transferred ownership. Transfer means right. to give it up and give it to someone else. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I thought, too. That's, that's, like I said, I really expected the glasses to reject him when he put him back on. But... Tony created him and probably uh, created him with the failsafe. <laughs> yeah, he created him with that failsafe, but not the one to watch for. Right, watch for the people who... that already hate him. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he knew the kid had to learn. The kid had to learn. We have to destroy a few cities in Europe. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, stuff, stuff happens. <laughs> Stark definitely didn't destroy any cities in his time, right? <laughs> Only, you know, five or 20. <laughs> He did have a moon thrown at him. <laughs> he did get a little squashed by it. Just <laughs> throw another moon at me. I'm going to lose it. <laughs> uh, it's still one of the best moments throughout all the movies, I think. <laughs> I have to say, I rather enjoyed if one more person knocks on that door. Yeah. <laughs> We'll We're going to attend another, another funeral. funeral. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and holy so cow. Good. Holy cow. Ned walks in. He shoots him in the neck. Oh, uh, yeah. Also, super dangerous because Ned turns and almost falls on that side, which means Ned would be dead. Yes. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, gosh. Uh, come on. <laughs> dead Ned. Oh, my gosh. But shut Ned. Oh, yeah. It's just a tranquilizer. He'll be fine. Do you have a hero moment? moment. Well, you're going to have to hang on. <laughs> moment. Oh, I, um, yes, I have a superhero moment. Okay. I have a superhero moment. My superhero moment is when, um, it's, it goes to Peter. Peter, when he is in the Netherlands <laughs> and yep. asks to borrow the man's phone and calls happy for help. Yep. Yep. Calls for because help. Because a superhero knows when he needs backup. <laughs> yep. And um, I think that was a, a pretty super thing for him to do. Admit he screwed up and needed help. Holy from crap. somebody he knew he could trust. Holy cow, there's a <laughs> lot of thunder. <laughs> yeah, it's super loud on this end. Yeah, I can. I mean, it made a much bigger 
um, wave pattern this time. Wow, that was that was loud. I'm surprised you can't hear the rain because I can hear it. Um, but yeah, when they were when he called for help, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> my favorite part of that is when he had to hand the phone back to the guy who owned it to tell him where they he was because he could not repeat what the gentleman said and. I sure couldn't either. I could not pronounce the name of that town. Or even with it written on screen, I was like, I have no chance of saying. What does that say? Yeah, I. (laughs) There's like four words there. I think (laughs) I tried to read it too and make sense, and it it didn't work out for me. I under I saw op. He said op. That was. (laughs) I think my superhero moment has to come when he confronts Beck directly. Like he's done all the other stuff. That that's the easy part, I think, for him is is taking down the drones. And yeah, he he worked hard. He suffered. But facing down the guy who tricked you, who manipulated you and who, yeah, he's a bad guy, but he seemed to actually have at least decent final motives, you know, to to have a well, no, I guess he didn't, did he? Because I always think of it as he's he's trying to get himself into the Avengers so that they can he can be the next Iron Man, but it really was all self-serving. It was all self-serving, all yeah. of it. He, he he's he he really put on a good front. <laughs> he absolutely did. But that's that is super hard to face that person, and and he struggled with his he struggled with his his spider sense the whole movie, and he closes his eyes and just trusts himself. Yes, that was amazing. And he didn't open them until right. Before the last, like, two drones. his I was watching. His eyes were closed all the way through until right before he confronted Beck himself. Which because was great. opening his eyes, he'd see augmented reality. Yeah, he would be fighting against his own senses. Whereas if he closes his eyes, trusts himself, trusts this thing that's part of him, which he hasn't really come to terms with yet, he can do it. And he knows he can because there have been times where it guides him. And it's just such a... It's such a great moment because almost all sound except for the impacts cuts out and you can see him interacting with the real world while all we really see are glimpses and quick outlines until right at the end when all of it falls away. And then that last moment where Beck is like, you're right, Stark was right. And without even looking away, he just, nope, I got you. (laughs) Yeah, that was awesome. Oh, and it was also super dark because if he hadn't had that cathartic moment to realize he can trust himself, Spider-Man gets his brains blown out right there. Yes, he does. That's dark. (laughs) Yes, very. But that's why he gets my hero moment, because when it comes down to it, that's what a hero does. They, They put their faith in the right place, they trust themselves, and they get the job done. Yes, agreed. I do have a couple potential physics moments. You mean most of the fights? <laughs> well, the they do a good job making a lot of the destruction make sense. Yes. Like when when the the drones are in the water, it could just be this discorporated water elemental coming together. You've got like the pulses which can create disturbances. You've got silenced weapons which can break things down. But it can't create every effect that we see, unfortunately. There are just some things, w- without the drones smashing into things and breaking themselves, that it can't do. And and so that's that's one 
one physics moment, potentially. All right. Oh, crap. Where'd my other one go? I don't Oh, no. I had another one. I lost my moment. I had another one, and I can't remember. I I had a moment, and it's gone. It was earlier on. Ah, crap. That's going to drive me nuts. I'm trying not to say anything relevant when there's big thunder. (laughs) So it'll be easier for you to cut out. Oh, oh, oh. The, the, the blip. And the light bulb went on. Dun, dun, dun. The the blip explanation itself is a bit of a physics moment because the implication from the video we see is that people blip back where they were when they went away. Yes, because that's what people who What were... about people who were on a plane oh. or on a boat or in buildings that are no longer up or driving a car or pretty much anything? Yeah, like, if you weren't sitting down somewhere, I mean, we saw what happened in a gymnasium. People got hit. <laughs> right. But the gr- lady said, you know, she, back to her apartment, and of course not her apartment anymore, because it's been five years. Yep. So, yeah, what about... Now, I, I've read, I've read that the offhanded explanation so far has been that when Bruce made the, the snap, the second snap, and brought everyone back, he brought them back in a safe place. But then why would some people get hit in a basketball court? That's not safe, unless safety means something different. Also, it's a bit of a cop-out, because it's never mentioned anywhere. It's just, bring them all back. And then we, the next time we see hints, like, people are being brought back where they were, because we saw one to the other, parts of the band disappear, and then they reappear during a basketball game, uh, no. So, yeah. One of those two is the physics moment. And I don't, I'm not sure which one I want to pick. I think I'm going to go with the drones because there's less ambiguity there. Those drones could not have pulled off everything that we saw. And the amount of scripting that was done can only cover so much. Like, the most obvious place where it f- had to have failed was during the fight against the fire elemental when Peter throws large rocks in the middle of this thing. Right. And they stay there. And I was watching. I'm like, does does it come out the other side? Is there a hint that that's happening? Nope. So what happened to those rocks? He threw two rocks into him. Are you trying to tell me that those were somehow fake as well? And that he imagined their weight when he threw them? No, that's okay, that's not even so, possible. Yeah, how, I don't, I don't. And how did he not hit a drone? Well, he hit a drone with his web that one time. Right. That's how right. Mary Jane got it. Or MJ, sorry. Right. I get and, and that. And that was, that was cool. He threw large rocks. And other right. things came down on those elementals, buildings and such. How did it not break anything? Now, the buildings and stuff, I can actually give a pass to. Because that could easily have been scripted. Because a lot of those fell because they broke them. Okay. But the rocks that Peter threw, he he's a, he's a factor that they can't 100% account for. And he throws rocks. And maybe... They're trying to say that was the plan going in, so they had somehow... But I don't see how they could have prepped for it, that it wouldn't have given it away when it goes through and hits something, or hits a drone and knocks it out, or they use guns to blow it up, and then there's stuff flying out the back. I mean, there's so many ways that it still would be given away. That Yeah, that that has to be the physics moment, is you have a cool idea, and you don't, you don't make it work. You throw things at it that are like, oh yeah, that that's why this is happening. And and you're playing with 
different rules than when you reveal, oh, they're all drones. So yeah, the drones are my physics moment because great idea, generally great execution, but just some gaping holes in the logic. Yes, I agree. Definitely. And for the last time on our Saga of the Stone series, will you give us a rating? A food rating? I will. I would say, oh, let me think. What was this like? This movie is a stack of pancakes. Stack of pancakes. Buttermilk pancakes with butter and syrup. Mm. That's what it is. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we we're essentially done with our Saga of the Stone series. There's going to be one more Which episode. Which I'm just learning about, everyone. <laughs> a wrap-up episode where we'll talk about our experience through the series. I'll get Beth to talk about some specific things, bring up some of our favorite moments. Maybe I'll have her go through and rate her top five and bottom five movies. Would you like to know? He's going to expect me to remember stuff from movies I watched a long time ago. And I'm not even sure I remember what happened in this movie we just watched. I'm going to re-give her all the quizzes we've done so far. <laughs> Uh-oh. No, I, I'll, <laughs> maybe I'll do one of them. We'll see. We'll yeah, see. Go ahead. I'll just sit here and talk about all the plots of the movies and won't be able to remember which movie it is, but I'll tell you the entire plot. It'll be fine. And then there'll be a, a episode or two break where we won't put out new movies. I have an idea what we're going to do next. I think we're going to do Firefly. Which I haven't told you before. Well, we're not. I'm not 100 married to the idea. We're we're still figuring that out. But I'm not married at all. When <laughs> yes, write in if Just you. Just putting if you that have, out there. Not married. If you want to propose, write in. Send me an email. I'll send it to Beth because she doesn't have don't her own. Don't send it to me because I don't have one. <laughs> and then I, I, movies, actually, I still don't have an I, email. Whatever. I I had this idea to do just a condensed, quick little snippet of exploring the story of each of our main Avengers characters from that first movie, kind of their journey through these movies. So I might use that as filler until we start putting out the next series. But I'll let you know the exact plan next next episode. And until and then, next time, there is no next time because it's just we're going to we're going to wrap things up next time on the wrap up. Beth will so, remember nothing. And, and, until then, I guess I've been Chris. And I'm Beth. Not even Iron Man. Oh, because we were watching a Spider-Man movie. Oh, and anyone can be Spider-Man. Iron Man's dead, though. That's why. It's Shut up! <laughs> but I really Anyone like can you. be Spider-Man. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. I'm stopping. No more. Thanks for listening to Cinematic Sagas, a part of the As If You Didn't Know network. Episodes release every other Wednesday. That jaunty tune you hear is Comic Hero by Kevin McLeod, and he's used under the Creative Commons license. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes. We would love to hear from you, so send emails to saga at asifydk.com, our Twitter and Instagram handles, asifydk, and our website, asifydk.com. That's the words as, if, and the letters Y, D, K. See you there.